What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the America's Pastime Podcast, Season 1, Episode 116. Happy New Year to all. Jeremy here with Mike and Travis. The gang is all here for our Top 5 Second Baseman Right Now episode. But first, we had a pretty surprising retirement announcement come out over the last couple of days. Kyle Seeger, longtime third baseman, lifetime mariner, announced his retirement from baseball at the age of 34. Seeger is coming off of a pretty solid season where he put up 35 home runs, a 723 OPS, 100 OPS plus. But his contract ended with the Mariners. They declined to pick up his option. And instead of pursuing playing with another team, he decides to become a lifelong Mariner and hang up the cleats. So Travis, first, what were your takes on this? How surprised were you? And what did you think of Seager's career overall? I was pretty shocked uh, when I heard he retired just because like he still had a couple good years left, I would say, and um, uh, whether those were at third or somewhere else in the field. But I mean, he was coming off what you could probably call a career year for him, like most home runs he's ever hit, most RBIs he's ever hit. Um, like, I mean, other than the average, everything else was pretty much off the charts. Um, so, I mean, I was pretty much I was pretty shocked because I know there was definitely a team out there that would throw him a two or three year contract. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but you know what? Um, respect to him for for wanting to become a Mariner for life and hanging up the cleats. Um, but just in general, like he was a very solid third base uh, third baseman. I mean, I don't think he was great but he was definitely significantly above average. Like he had great defense. Um, he hit mid twenties, uh, home runs pretty consistently. He hit 90 RBIs, um, qu in quite a few years throughout his career. I mean, as he got older, things started to tail off a little bit, but I mean, the guy was as consistent and as solid as you can get, um, at the plate and in the field. So, uh, you know, what a good, great career to him. Um, and I mean, obviously, he's made enough to live happy in retirement. So um, I'm sure this wasn't a difficult decision for him or anything like that. So but good on him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing that was equally surprising to me was the fact that it was only a one time all star. Like he's had numbers, especially for the first, like, you know, seven years of his career that you would think he would be at least have at least two or three more in there. Um, Last year, yeah, you mentioned his average was down, but his, his situational hitting was kind of where all that production came from. He was an absolute, like, the menace with where he was on, hitting over 300. So he's, when it mattered, he produced. And it, I guess another surprising thing, too, was just the fact that Mariners didn't pick up, you know, his option. It wasn't, like, a crazy amount of money. And with the state of their team, of them on the rise, I think it'd be good to have a guy like Seager who's been there and he's like, kind of been in the organization and he was kind of, still good enough to be a key cog of that team and kind of propel them for a potential playoff push this year. And it sucks that, you know, they, you know, you has entire, entire, you know, career and didn't even have a single postseason at bat. And like, that's kind of the things that suck, but again, a hell of a career for him and best of luck for him in retirement. There were some concerning things that, you know, definitely the 35 home runs, 100, 100 plus RBIs were impressive but a 285 on base percentage from a guy who averaged not base percentage of 321 for his career. Uh, as well, if you, if you look into the advanced metrics, um, you know, if you go on baseball savant, for example, there's a lot of blue there, a lot of, a lot of white, not, not, not too much red. I think that defensively he was still pretty, he, he was still solid. He could be uh, a really good defensive third baseman at this point in his career. But um besides the power, a lot of the tools really just aren't there anymore. And I think he was aware of that. And, that, and that's part of the reason why, because he felt like if he continued to play, uh, things would continue to go downhill at, uh, beyond this season. And <clears throat> with Seager, I, I also think that the fact that the Mariners didn't retain him, the fact that they didn't want to bring him back, he decided that what was best for him and his family, instead of going to play for another team. He definitely could have gotten at least a part-time opportunity with another team, if not on a, on a, 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 a mediocre team, an everyday playing opportunity at this point in his career. And he probably still, have, still could have put up a similar season where he, 
you know, puts up league average production like he did this year, but ultimately that's not really what he was interested in. He um, wanted to retire a Mariner. And so that's what he did. Yeah. I also think that whole, um, that thing that happened in March, the Rotary Club thing, I forgot the guy's name. I think that also got him put a, like a sour taste in his mouth. And remember like, he was like, his wife was like, wait, we have to move now. It's like that too. Cause they even said then and they weren't picking up his option. And I guess that he, he knew then he wasn't coming back to the Mariners. And I guess he had a lot of time to think about, like, oh, like, do I really want to play for an organization? And he accomplished so much in the league. You know, he made his money already. So, I guess he felt like he accomplished all he could. And like you mentioned too, Jeremy, his career is only going to, you know, go downhill, so to speak. You know, his, his tools were deteriorating. So, I guess he kind of went out on top and on his own terms, which is really what any player wants. For sure. And I actually saw um, an interesting fact. I think it was on Twitter. I believe he was a part of like eight no hitters or something like that. Um, Nine. Yeah. And yeah, that was like 20% of the no hitters that happened during his career, um, which was pretty crazy. Um, He actually made a ridiculous play to save um, James James Paxton's no hitter in Toronto. I was at that game. That was really well. Yeah, him and D. Gordon were bailing Paxton out. D. Gordon made like two diving catches in center field, and Paxton, I think it was in the eighth, made a diving catch towards a foul line to stop a ground ball. And like, I, I can't remember if the throw was from his knees or something like that, but yeah. That's cool that you're, you're a boy that history. Yeah, no, it was sick, especially since Paxton's Canadian too, right? But yeah, yeah no, big, just that big maple. Yeah. <laughs> but. I mean, yeah, to be a part of, like, 20% of the no-hitters that happened during your career, like, that's something special. Yeah, I think, that's a cool, cool fact. Yeah, I think a lot of that, too, was the fact that the Mariners offensively were subpar for many seasons, <laughs> and they also had good pitching. So, yeah. And they also play in a park that tends to sway towards the pitchers. So all that combined made that, made that circumstance uh, happen. It's definitely not Seager's fault because, as we mentioned – he had a really, really solid career. So, um, yeah, props to him. And that's just a, a cool little fact that he can uh, put on his mantle. Yeah, I guess so. All right. So now for our top five second baseman right now. So as we have done with our past renditions of this series, which you should definitely go back and check out. Most recently we did our top five first baseman right now in season one, episode 115, but we will go from bottom to top. So five to one of our top five first baseman will go around the board. And then at the end, we'll come up with a top five APT list. So without further ado, let's get into it. So Mike, who is your number five second baseman right now? I have the Brandon Lau, the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, I had him here just because uh, he, I think his offensive, like his power and stuff, is probably the best of the group. But that's really anything. That's the only thing he really leads him. And after that, you know, he just, I think his walk rate is in the middle of the pack. He strikes out the most. His defense is the worst. But just his offense being as good as it is is really the only reason that kind of keeps him in the top five for me. I've got at number five, I've got Jorge Polanco. Um, I think he's come off, you know, two and a half, I would say, because 2020 was okay uh, in certain areas for him. But 2019 and 2021 were two really good seasons for him. Um, And 2021, he was playing on a struggling Twins team. So to be able to put up the stats that he did put up uh, were, you know, was pretty impressive. I know his defense isn't quite there, and that's why he's – number five on my list um and i know he's got some health issues which could actually get him bumped off the list but i just felt that his um offensive production was better than the other candidates that i had for number five on my list yes uh at number five i have brandon lau and just to address jorge polanco i was definitely considering him but um when you look beyond just the numbers that he produced this season were which were very impressive A lot of the concerns that I have, uh, Travis mentioned, yes, this was his first season at second base. He's a longtime shortstop, but the reason he had to be moved off of shortstop was because of his ankle issues, recurring ankle surgeries on both, on both ankles that he had. And um, I I think that when you look beyond the numbers, 
you see some concerns regarding his uh, his his foot speed, his his just his his abilities uh, at second base defensively are not the greatest either. Um, I, I think it's going to going to deteriorate deteriorate over time. Uh, and, and when you put all that together, I just had Brandon Lau ahead of him for for Lau. Mike mentioned this. His power is elite. He has some of the best power in all of baseball. Put up a 142 OPS plus this season, which is very impressive. But there are concerns with him regarding his strikeout rate, regarding his walk rate. There are players ahead on this list who are better in those categories. And then defensively, I just don't think he's a second baseman long term. He has played outfield in the past, and that's probably a corner outfield position. That's probably where he's going to be in the long term. But for right now, going to his age 27 season, I like where he is. So I have him there at number five. Yeah. I was just trying to be uh, short and sweet with my, my thing there, but yeah, I'm I'm glad you covered a few extra things there for me. Now at number four, I have Jake Cronenworth of the San Diego Padres. For me, he plays all over, but the majority of his games are at second base. He also has like 40 games with shortstops on the first base. Um, he's just like an all around, like solid player. He, is a much better defender than Lau. His offense is a little worse, but I think overall when it comes to um, – he cuts down big time on the strikeouts, and he's just like an overall is more – I don't want to say like athletic player is like a decent way to describe him. Like he just – you know, his overall tool set, well, like his hitting might be a little worse, but his base running is better, his fielding is better, his eye is better, he strikes out less, you know, just a bunch of the combination things like that. And even though he's – 29 years older, uh, he's still in the primary career, and, and I expect him to have this compete for, um, <clears throat> like, to potentially move up on our list and, instead of going down. So at number four, I've got Jose Altuve, and I know that might come as a little bit of a shock uh, for how high up he, or low he is on my list. Um, but I had a little bit of difficulty um, taking into consideration, um, you know, stats from previous years for obvious reasons um just with the cheating scandal and everything like that now i know you can probably look from from 2018 on um but i mean if you really consider those stats he is really only like middle of the pack or not middle of the pack second baseman but for the top five i don't know if he he's definitely not a top two but i think he falls in that three four range for me um just, you know, his, his defense has been declining over the years, I would think. I didn't really do a deep dive into the, the, the really advanced metrics, but, um, you know, he, he had great seasons in 2019 and 2021, but I don't know if they were that much better than um, the other guys on this list. Um, plus, he is, from this point on, he's the oldest guy, um, the second oldest guy on my list, I believe. Um, so I kind of went with, um, age and projectability over um, kind of the, the question marks that surround Jose Altuve, I guess you could say, just with, um, you know, his past and everything like that and the questionable stats that he has, if that makes sense. Yep. And then at number four, I also had Drake, Jake Cronenworth. Uh, I've, I just think that uh, in comparison to Lau, his defensively Cronenworth can be elite at second base. He's a potential gold glover there. Uh, and I think that if he sticks at second base long-term, he could, he could win a gold glove there. Um, and then just his offensive tool set, he really brings everything to the table. <clears throat> Mike, Mike mentioned this. Uh, he, he walks at a, a pretty solid rate. He, he doesn't strike out that much. And he has the ability to hit for power, 21 home runs this year. And I think he's only going to get better in that category going to his age 28 season. So he's a year older than Brandon Lau. And, um, yeah, Cronenworth to me just slightly ahead of Lau because of that defense that he brings to the table. Did I say twenty nine? Oh, I think I was looking at um, I was looking at his twenty twenty two steam projection. I saw twenty eight, and I thought it was twenty nine. Twenty four, twenty fifth and twenty one season. That's my fault. Um, okay, so Lau. All right, now for me, this is where I have Jose Altuve on my list, and that's just simply because. The two guys I have above him, I just think are, well, I I can't say younger because Simeon is up there in age. He's gonna be coming up coming up in this list. But Altuve, like Travis, first mentioned his defense has been declining. 
Um, that's kind of been obvious. We saw it. It'd be uh, particularly bad in 2020. In the year, in the year before that, he uh, rebounded a little bit in um, 21, and as did offense in this big way. And that's kind of what puts him in the number three spot. It's just like he's still a, a very elite hitter. His power has gone up in like, you know recent years. That's really kind of offset his like decline anyway, whether it be batting average and his on base have gone down, but his slugging has gone way up. And although his you know stolen bases are nowhere close to what they used to be, he only had five stolen bases last year, but his uh, like sprint speed, his foot speed is still capable of stealing 20 bags. I think it kind of comes down to like the Astros philosophy of like what they plan to do with base runners and also just keeping Altuve healthy because uh, in 2018 and 19, he missed, you know, about 30 games each year due to you know, lower body injuries. So I guess it's time to kind of keep him healthy on the field. So at number three, um, it was a little ambitious of me, I think, now looking back at your list, but I had Brandon Lau. Um, now, again, yeah. like I said before, um, I went with age and projectability. Um, you guys mentioned he's got the best uh, power out of this, all the guys on this list. And for him to only be, I believe he's only 27 right now, going into his age 27, 28 season, something like that. So he's relatively young and for him to have the power that he has is, you know, something special. And considering he hit 39 bombs last season in 26 games, and then you look back to 2020 at 14 and 56 games um, and not to mention the RBI production as well. And I mean, even in 20, uh, 2019, he played in 82 games and hit 17 bombs with 51 RBIs. Uh, I know the, the strikeout percentage is a lot higher than it should be. Um, but again, for a power guy who brings the kind of power that he has, that's not necessarily out of the norm. I mean, most guys that have the power that he has are striking out at around 30%. So for him to be slightly lower than that is good. And I think just with his age and everything, he can um, improve a little bit on that. And also the average is there too. It's not like he's hitting 40 bombs with, you know, a 220 average. Like he's got a 250 career average, which is pretty good. And I, I know you guys mentioned his defense, but again, um, just because of his age and how young he is, I think it can improve. Um, but I think only time will tell with that. Um, so the reason I had him at third over um, a guy like Altuve is I just think um, I think that he's um, more projectable. At number three for me, I have Ozzy Albies. And the reason I can't put him in my top two is because while he is remarkably consistent, I mean, through his career, if you look from the day that he got to the big leagues, he's essentially been the same exact player. And that player is a guy who's going to put up pretty solid power, probably the second best power on this entire list, maybe trailing by Altuve. Uh, a little bit going forward, but uh, you know, OPS plus, if we look from 2017 to this year, 110, 101, 113, 100, 105. And, and then if you look uh, defensively, he is one of the best defensive second baseman in baseball, but at the same time, uh, I, I, I also think that what we've seen from him is pretty much what we're going to get. And, and for me, something that takes away from uh his ranking is his on are his on base skills. He's a guy who the past two seasons, 2020 short season, and then this season, 306 on base, 310 on base. That's something that's uh, a little bit concerning, especially going forward. And we've seen no improvement in that. And uh, at this point with Albies, we're now, this is now, he's still really young. He's still going to his age 25 season, but we've seen a pretty large sample size. And I don't, I think that this is going to be the player that he is. And the player that he is is still a really, really good player. He's an all-star level second baseman, top three second baseman at that. But I find it hard because of his shortcomings and because of his limited ceiling offensively to put him into the top three. So that is why he is at number three for me. Very solid. Uh, number two for me is where I have Ozzy Albies and I have him above Altuve. Well, first is his age. He's a lot younger. And, yes, you mentioned his career kind of plateauing to a degree where he has, we haven't seen much improvement in, like, you know, him uh, walking or striking out. Um, I guess if you look at his numbers, he has, like, you know, improved in some areas. He's, you know, gotten a little worse, but it has been rather consistent. But still, I have him second because he is 
a better defender. Uh, his offense is, you know, not the same caliber as Altuve when it comes, but he's still 30 home runs last year, 100 runs scored, 106 RBIs, and he's the best power speed threat at the position. So all those things combined is kind of where I have him above Altuve. Um, with him being, you know, a young player and going into the prime of his career, I still think there is some type of uh, movement for him, you know, We've seen him, his uh, strikeout rate, you know, he, after the 2020 season, that was uh, pretty poor. He uh, wound up walking 3% more, striking out like 6% less. So he, there is areas for him to improve still. And then obviously when you're a, a 30-20 guy, when it comes to home runs and stolen bases, I, I think that's what kind of makes him like a, a dual threat. And he just produces in that Atlanta Braves lineup. And because of that, I have him just above Altuve. So for me, I had Marcus Simeon at uh, number two, and I know that might come as a shock because, again, I said I was putting, um, you know, projectability above um, age, and to a certain extent, I still am. Um, but I think uh, Simeon, after his 2021 season, like you can't, you know, um, put him any lower on the list. He's definitely a top two second baseman in the league. Um, I mean, to start with his durability, like in 2019 and 2021, he played 162 games, both seasons played 53 games in 2020, um, only missed seven games, which is crazy. Um, and I mean, yeah, 2021, he set the record for, for the most home runs, um, in a season, his plate discipline is, or sorry, most home runs in a season per second baseman. Um, his plate discipline is, very good um, for the production he provides um, the averages there. And he's probably the best defending um, second baseman um, in, in the league, just because of the fact that he was a pretty good defensive shortstop. And then he moves to second base and now he's, you know, that much better. Um, so I, I have him at number two, just because I was putting projectability above um you know, age and, and everything else. But we'll get to that when we get to my number one. At number two for me, I have Jose Altuve. <clears throat> now, we, now, one of you mentioned uh, he took a step back in the 2020 season defensively. But this season, he was right back there as a very solid defender. Is he a goal glover at this point like he was maybe in the mid-2010s? No, but I still think he is a very, very solid second baseman. I think that there were some mental yips going on some some you know because of the whole cheating scandal that happened in the 2020 season he was especially affected by that on both sides of the ball and for me i'm going to throw away the 2020 season because he was right back there to being a really really good player this season i mean everything in terms of uh you know expected stats and such were right there with what he did you know in 2019 to 2018 his power continues i mean he tied his career high in power this season and tied his, his 2019 total and what he's making up for and maybe a slightly reduced sprint speed and, and stolen base ability. He's, he's putting that into his power game. And I, I expect his power game, even though he's going to his age 32 season, which makes him, which makes him the oldest guy on this list for me. I still expect him to continue to put up 30 home runs a season. I expect him to get on base at the set, probably uh, the second best rate on this entire list. He's a career 360 on base guy, and I expect that to happen again. This past season, he was 350. OPS for his career is 821. He was above that this season at 839. Is he going to be the player that he was in 2017 and 2016 and a couple years before that? Probably not, but he's going to continue to be very consistently good, an all-star, and um, that's why I have to put him here at number two. Very respectable. And last but not least, number one is where I have Marcus Simeon. Um, I, I honestly feel like Travis like made all the case I need to just you know broke the record for home runs at, as a uh, second baseman. Uh, scored a lot, like 115 runs, over 100 RBIs, total 15 bags. Uh, his defense is the best. His offense was probably I think just behind Brandon Lowe's and overall value. But I mean, you can make the case that it was better it's because he hit more home runs over more runs more rbis i think the less rbis the most home bases um and when it comes to rate stats his uh walk rate is just in line with his career um his career average shows a strikeout rate so nothing really alarming there and then when it comes to batting average on base again both in the same category but the biggest difference is his 
slugging percentage, he just kind of turned into a total animal. Uh, we saw him in 2019 while he was playing shortstop with the Athletics. He had like a career year. Uh, he was in mix for the MVP award. And then in the 2020, it was kind of a lost season, kind of like Altuve. And then he had a change of position and a change of scenery going to Toronto. And he's kind of turned into an entirely elite player. And he's a bonafide, he's, he's the bonafide best in baseball in baseball. And I, I honestly don't think it's even close. So I guess that's tough to follow up. Um, I've got Ozzy Albies at uh, number one for me, and that's just because uh, of his age. I mean, he's 24. He's the youngest second baseman on this list by, I think, three years or something like that. And I know there were concerns that uh, Jeremy highlighted earlier just with on-base percentage and um, other things like that. But the power speed threat that he brings to the table. I mean, he's, he has the most stolen bases out of anybody on this list. He will still the most stolen bases. He won't hit the most home runs, but when you combine that with the stolen bases and probably the little extra boost that he gets from his speed when he's hitting, um, you know, it makes him a huge threat at the plate. And I already mentioned before he's 24 and I know there's concerns, but we've seen guys reinvent their career before um, and, and figure this stuff out. And, I mean, he's got, I want to say, like at least eight to 10 years left um, in the league. And I, I don't really see him plateauing for the next eight to 10 years. He might plateau for another one or two years. And I know in the context of this list, that's, you know, enough to bump him out of the number one spot. But something will change um, because I don't think he's going to be, um, you know, complacent with, you know, just doing the same thing year in and year out, he's obviously going to want to get better and put up more stats. And I mean, he kind of showed that this year when he hit, um, you know, 30 bombs and hundred plus RBIs and stuff like that. So he's going to want to do that again. Um, and I think he's got the time and he's got the tools to do so. And I think he's going to figure out a way to do it and probably do it to a higher degree. And then for me at number one, Mike stated it, it, it's really hard to just not put Marcus Simeon at number one on this list, simply because of what he's done over the last two full seasons. Now, granted, one of those seasons was at shortstop, but at this point going forward on the Texas Rangers, he is going to be a second baseman. And as a second baseman, he was undoubtedly the best um, this past season. He's finished top three in MVP. Now, again, one of those seasons was a shortstop in two out of the last three seasons. Uh, and he's just the best all-around player. He just does everything really, really well. If you want to nitpick at him, I guess you could say strikeouts are a little concerning, and, and maybe there's some guys in this list that have a little bit better on-base skills. But the fact of the matter is that he's just a gamer. I mean, 162 games played uh, in, two, in the last two full seasons, and I'm just going to throw his 2020 season out like I've done for a number of players, if we're going to do that for Altuve, if we're going to do that for other guys like we've done in the past, I'm going to do that for him as well because he went out there and pretty much reproduced what he did in the 2019 season. Going to his age 31 season, yes, he's a little bit older, second oldest guy in the list for me, but I just think that he's going to continue to do what he did this season. There's, there's nothing to show that he can't continue to do that, uh, and that is why he is number one. So... Now we're going to compile our top five APT list. So we're going to go from five to one. And to start off at the number five spot, we have a number of options. Um, so I guess, Travis, where would you like to go here? So I would say um, probably Brandon Lau. Um, I know that's what both of you guys have on your list. Um, and I know I had Jorge Polanco on mine, but I think uh, for me to seriously consider putting Jorge Polanco on like the ATP uh, list, I would probably need to see another solid year out of him um, just to make a, a, a solid argument and B, um, you know, with the overlying health concerns, just to kind of rule those out a little bit more just because he is getting a little bit older and you mentioned the ankle mobility issues. And that's a huge thing in baseball, especially if you're playing in the infield, right? Um, you need good ankle mobility. So I would say um, Brandon Lau, um, boot Polanco off mine. Uh, I do think Lau has the potential to um, 
you know, expand further up our list. Um, if he can improve his defense and he does stay at second, because I do think his hit tool and his power tool is, you know, or well, his power tool is off the chart and his hit tool can improve and become quite good for the player he is. Yeah, I think Lau at five is good. I'm, I'm glad you conceded quite easily though, Travis. Made it easier for us. But yeah, me and Jeremy both had Lau at five. And I, yeah, I agree with you. You had him, had him at three, right? Yeah, so yep. it, it's very easy for him to even move to four next year. Like having another consistent good year this helps him like all that much. But having him at five, I think it's a pretty safe pick just because of, you know, his defensive capabilities are just not going to get any better. If anything, they're going to get worse. But his offense, and especially in the power department, is just, you know, unreal. And because of that, I think having him in the five spot is a good place for him. Lau very, very well may have the best hit tool out of anyone on this list. But his shortcomings in other parts of the game, as we mentioned, his, his defense leaves a lot to be desired. So that's why he can't really be any higher on this list because the players ahead of him are just better all around players than he is, but he definitely can't be left off of this list because putting up a 146 OPS plus 130 plus career OPS plus at second base is too impressive to just uh, forget about. So um, yeah. So Brandon Lau, number five on the APT list. Next we have number four, uh, Travis, what are you thinking here based on what everyone has? So, you know, I like to go um, projectability over, um, you know, what we've seen. I think that's a common trend I've kind of adopted throughout um, the recent list that we've been making and last year as well. Um, I'm a little bit tied between Cronenworth and Altuve um, just because I know Cronenworth has, we've dis- as we've discussed, um, great defense. Um, he's got power he's got you know average he's got kind of everything you want but again Altuve shown that he can do this year in year out um and Cronenworth's also younger so um I'm a little bit torn between the two I'm more inclined to put Cronenworth at four and Altuve at three I would say um I know that's jumping the gun a little bit there um but you know Cronenworth does have the potential like I believe it was uh Jeremy said to um you know, jump higher on this list and, and, uh, you know, uh, in the future um, when we do these lists again. Um, But as of right now, I think that's probably a good spot for him um, just because, you know, uh, he, he hasn't shown what he can do to a certain extent um, compared to a guy like uh, Altuve. Yeah. Cronenworth at four is good for me. Just simply put, he is basically good at everything, but not great at anything. He's just an overall most consistent player in terms of like what he does in every single aspect. He just does, he does it all. And that you can see that in the position he plays as well. He's just an overall very solid player. And because of that, I have him at four and I think that's a very good spot for him to be. And um, because of him being so good at everything, there is the chance, especially in him being that prime, you know, just one of those things to kind of like uh, take that next step. But we have yet to see that so far, but still definitely a possibility. Yeah. The only concern that I have with Cronenworth, I agree at number four, by the way, is that he might not be a second baseman next year. Just depends really on what the Padres want to do. They've yet to do too much this off season, but you know, they're going to be active. They're going to have a bounce back year and it could be that Cronenworth, ends up being uh, an almost everyday outfielder, in which case he'll be off of this list. I think that's the only thing stopping him from moving up this list as we're talking about. He just does a lot of things well, maybe not as well as Simeon or not as good overall, the value that he brings as a couple of guys we're going to have ahead of him on this list. But he's just a, a really well-rounded player, and that's why having a number four, I think, is a, is a solid spot at this point. So then – Number three, uh, this one is going to be a bit contentious because we all have different guys on number three. So, Travis, being maybe you could be a bit of an arbiter here because I know there's going to be a bit of a fight here at number three. What do you think we should put there? So I already said before, um, I think, and now this is also with a little bit of personal bias from the stance I took for this list um, with, like I said before, I've said this like six times already, um, projectability. Um, I would say Altuve. Um, at number three, I know you're going to have some uh, 
deep-seated arguments, Jeremy, for that because you did a huge deep dive into his advanced stats. But, um, I mean, he's not going to get any younger, um, to put it simply. Um, I, I think he's still going to hit um, home runs to the, you know, high 20s, low 30s. Um, but, and, you know, his plate discipline is going to stay there. The average is going to stay there. But I think when you compare him to a guy, again, like – Ozzy Albies, who's 24, or a guy like Marcus Simeon, who is 31, but just came off a season where he hit 45 bombs. I mean, and, and he's probably going to do that again in Texas. Um, I think it's a little, those guys seem to me like they're a little too much, um, like they have more to offer than, than Altuve does. Um, I know you're about to go off on me, so I'll just kind of sit back and listen. But well, nah, I want to hear Mike's nah. thoughts on this because I, I mean, Altu- I had Altuve at three is just simply the right choice, honestly. I mean, <laughs> uh, Travis says at three, so I think that's enough said right there, honestly. That's all you have to go. Travis is by far the most brilliant mind on the podcast, so whatever he says goes. Um, but yeah, I have Altuve at three. I, I, I made a lot of the points already as to why I had Albie slightly above him. Uh, it's just age, yes, it is a factor. But for Altuve, I don't, I'm not sure how much it really does matter. You know, like, you can look at different players. You can see kind of how, like, their career uh, arc goes. And for Altuve, I, like I mentioned before, he seems like one of those players who is not going to steeply decline, at least just not yet. He's still in the back end of that time of career. He still has plenty of, of skill set to offer. The reason why I had him below Aldi's is just because, yes, the age. So there is always a chance that that decline does happen. Um, two, his defense is worse. Yes, it improved, and he's still uh, like, I, I'm not, by no means is he like a burden at second base. He's still is like you know he's reliable i would say but albies again is better and he's still getting hit that's a, that's a definitely a thing and um while tuve still is capable of stealing bases he just doesn't anymore and albies does so i think just small things like that is kind of where um i kind of give albies the edge and albies i think is from here on out is going to be a better producer uh, offensively, I, I know the, like the average and the on base is not going to be as good as Altuve, but like the home runs, the stolen bases, the RBIs, the run scores, stuff like that is, I think it's going to, um, it's just better than Altuve's at this point. I think he, overall he's just going to produce a little bit more. So I find it really hard to put Albies above Altuve because simply put, Altuve has just been a better player. He was a better player this year and by a pretty significant margin. If we're going by Fangraphs were, for example, he was almost a win better than him. If we're going by a baseball reference over a win better. And then if we're looking at things like, I mean, I don't know what defensive metrics you guys are going by, but for the most part, Albies is really not that much better than Altuve outs above average. According to baseball savant, Altuve rates pretty significantly higher than Albies does. If we're looking at some other metrics, um, you know, chase rate Albies is, is not great there. He's at the 10th percentile whiff rate, uh, Altuve is better K percentage. Altuve is better walk percentage. Altuve is better where Albies ranks slightly higher are in things like max exit velocity and expected slugging percentage and maybe some barrel percentages. But beyond that, I, I just think that Altuve has been a better player in every single full season than Albies. And there's nothing saying that he won't continue to just be a better player than Albies. So I, 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 I can't I can't concede to putting Albies ahead of him because he's Albies is simply just not a better player than him. All right. So like I said this is where the uh most interesting debate comes down. Um I mean like I'm obviously willing to flip the two. I, I had Altuve at two at one point. I I just kind of took the age factor where I, I still think Albies is gonna, you know, develop more as a player and, and be better. I, I I don't, and then I think that Altuve is, you know, he's beyond the, the halfway point where he's going to start declining. And yes, the power numbers are stuff are there, but it's, we don't know what, how everything else is going to trend. But if we're going right now, if you want to just be like as little as you possibly can, uh, I, I'm willing to flip to again only because Altuve, like you mentioned, is still like an absolute menace. They still, they both are, but 
Now, Altuve, yeah, his defense is maybe worse in some places, but better in others. And but his hit tool is still is better. And I, I think that Aldi's, you know, he might produce more runs and he is more of a stolen base threat. But I guess when you want to look at all the, the Knicks and Crannies and stuff, that they they are pretty similar in value to me. I know the war might say otherwise too, but going forward, I think it might be the other way. But uh, to close off, uh, what? For me, with Albies, again, we're talking about, you know, we think projecting forward, he's going to be better. But again, this is a now a five-season track record. Granted, one of those seasons was 57 games. The other one was 29 games, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but the fact of the matter is he has not shown, for the most part, that he – that he is going to improve, that he has improved at all. Uh, again, this is a, a pretty long stretch of time for, for baseball. I just, until I see Albies take a step in the direction that he's going to improve his, his walk percent, he's going to improve, improve his eye at the plate. Um, and maybe after 2019, we thought that was going to happen, but that the last couple of uh, seasons, again, 2020 short in season, that simply has not happened. And um, until that does happen, I, I, I can't put him ahead of Altuve. It's, it just simply just – it doesn't make sense to me to do that. All right. So then I, I think I think then that kind of fixes the rest of our list where we have Albies three, Altuve two, and Simeon one. Right. I mean, like, Albies could go out there, and if he repeats his 2019 season or even does a little bit better than that, then – I'm willing to say, okay, and then, you know, let's say Altuve pretty much puts up the same season he did this year, so pretty much they're at the same value at that point, then I would go ahead and say, yeah, I would take Albies going forward because I saw a step in the right direction. I saw the improvement that was necessary. Uh, but at this point, again, um, just just based on the track record and based on uh, the advanced metrics, nothing is saying that Altuve is going to drop off to the point that, uh, that Albies is better. Nothing's going to say – nothing's saying at this point that Albies – is taking that step in the right direction that projecting forward, he is going to be better. So yeah, uh, again, you know, if you look at uh, projections, they still say that Albies is pretty much going to do what he's done the last few seasons. Maybe he'll be slightly better, but that still just doesn't put him ahead of Altuve. That's fair. Yeah. Fair. All right. So we're going with out. So then I guess we can, Albies, Altuve, then Simeon. Yeah, Albi, Altuve. And then I think pretty obviously Simeon at number one. Uh, are there any concerns from you guys? or Does age factor in at all? I guess, Travis, um, why did you – I guess to just go over it again, why did you not have him at one, and do you agree with putting him at one at this point? I mean, okay, so I agree with putting him at one. Um, the reason I just put – Albies over um, Simeon. And I think I, I said this before, but I mean, there's a, the massive obvious age gap. Albies is 24, Simeon is 31. That's seven years. Um, if you look at what Albies has done in the first, I believe it is it five seasons. Yeah. Five seasons compared to, you know, what Simeon did in his first five seasons in the league you know, Albies has that by a mile, right? Just in terms of general production at the plate. Um, and I mean, defense might even be better. I know I know they were playing at different um, positions, you know, uh, Semyon being at shortstop and Albies being at second. But, um, you know, Albies in his first few years in the league were, you know, that much better than, than Semyon. So I'm just looking at from where... You, you know what I mean? Like, I think Albies has a lot more projectability and room for improvement and time to improve and all that compared to Semyon, um, you know, when he was Albies' age. You know, when Semyon was 24, I don't even – he was probably in the league. I, I don't think they came into the league at the same age. But um, just, like, I think um, – I'm having trouble putting it into words. But um, – just the sheer um, production that Albies has, has shown in his first five seasons is that much better than, than Simeon's. And, and that's why I put Albies um, at one on my list. And, you know, he's got seven years to reach where Simeon is now. And I mean, Simeon just hit 45 home runs, you know, he, well, he hit 
30 plus for the first time in his career in 2019, he hit 45 in 2021. And I mean, he was 29 when he first hit 30 home runs. Albies is 24 when he first hit 30 home runs. So you see what I mean where there's like, you know, Albies has that advantage in terms of age and, you know, production at whatever age, right? Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. You're comparing Simeon's career at that point to right, where Albies right. is. Yeah, it's an interesting way to look at it. I think, just simply put, Simeon is not only the best second baseman by by far, he's also one of the best players in baseball, a top five player in baseball at this point. I don't think that's too aggressive to say. So I just think it's it's really just not even close. And maybe, again, maybe Albies will get to that point eventually. But this is we're talking about right now. We're not talking about projecting for three yeah. years in the future. Uh, again, it's Simeon is the guy to put there. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I think I might have waited age a little too much on my list, but that's OK. Um, uh, now, I do think that Albies has the potential to be a much better player than Simeon is, you know, in seven years when he's 31. But only time will tell. And obviously, we're not making our list for seven years in advance Wait, right so you, so you think Albies will be a better player in seven years than Simeon is right now okay I don't know if he'll you know meet all the advanced metrics and I don't think he'll hit 45 home runs when he turns 31 but I just think um he's got the potential to do so and I mean I don't necessarily think that's quite out of the question or out of the window I mean you know Simeon like all of the the quantitative stats that Simeon had in his thir- age 31 season, you know, Albies was pretty close to in 2021 at the age of 24. So all I'm saying is the potential is there. I mean, it's in seven years, as long as nothing catastrophic happens with his career, I think he's got, you know, the potential to, to reach close to what Simeon is. And I know, obviously you said Simeon's a top five player in baseball, Um I don't know if Albies will get to that point, but I think he could get close because, I mean, seven years is a lot of time. And like I said, I mean, Albies isn't going to sit complacent with, you know, what he's been doing. He wants to get better. He's coming up on a contract year in a couple of years. And I mean, considering he signed, you know, a $35 million deal a couple of years ago, um, I, I think it was like $7 million a year for five years or something like that. Maybe it was the other way around, but I mean, he's looking to get paid right and to get paid you're going to have to put up a season like you just had so he's going to want to do that again he's want to, going to want to keep doing more so that's all i'm saying but i'm i'm fine with Simeon at one um because obviously you have to heavily consider what guys are doing right now and Simeon, yes is the best second baseman in all of baseball yeah <laughs> and then i just think that another another point to make is that there are only two guys on this list that have ever like even been considered, you know, one of the better players in baseball. Those guys are the, the top two guys that we have, Simeon and Altuve. They're the only ones that really have shown that they can reach that ceiling of being, um, being elite, being considered to be the best player in baseball. Altuve has won an MVP. So I, not that I'm really factoring that in because that was four or five years ago, but I'm just saying that, um, they're just a different breed, the both of them. And uh, with Simeon in particular right now, he's just he's just on a different level than any of these guys are right now in their careers. Very fair. All right, so any closing thoughts, guys, on this list? Or uh, are we good to go with Simeon, Altuve, Albies, Cronenworth, and Lau, one to five? Yeah, I'm good with that. I was, just, I was sad that I couldn't even consider two hit wit. Was a beast for the last like five years. He's like he just kind of fell off. Offensively, he's just not. He's just not there. Um, yeah, unfortunately, he would crack a top ten list, maybe even a top eight list, but he's yeah. not top five. Um, like I mean, he's got the hey, okay, team, okay. <laughs> everything else is <laughs> lacking, right? I mean, I think he only hit like ten home runs or something. Yeah, Last and then year. some other guys to consider. We mentioned Jorge Polanco. He's probably right outside the top five, as is Jonathan India. Jonathan India, uh, the reason that we couldn't include him in this list, not only does he really, doesn't really have the track record 
Uh, he also defensively is not quite there at second base. He's played with third baseman by trade. So if he can improve at second base, he definitely has the tools. I think he's going to get better. I really like him. And maybe next year he'll be in this top five list and someone else will be bumped out. Maybe Jose Altuve will drop off and he'll bump out or Marcus Simeon will. But yeah, the, those are definitely some names to consider. And then probably last year, if we had made this list, Jeff McNeil would have been in consideration just based on what he produced. But coming off the season that he did, and we've seen a little bit of, of possibly a little bit of regression, uh, it, he just wasn't really in consideration. And who knows if he's going to even be playing second base on an everyday basis next year and for what team. Yeah, true. Another person is another New York second baseman is LeMahieu, too. He's another guy who would have probably been on the top three guy on the list, but he's fell, he fell off with, you know, injury plague season and just lack of production. He falls in the same boat, too, where we don't even know what he's going to be playing next year, positional-wise. Uh, he, he'll be a Yankee. Uh, McNeil might get traded, but he might not be playing second base for the Yankees. Yeah, LeMay, he was another guy who going into last season would have been on this top five list. But at this point, you can't really put him there uh, just based on some concerning signs we saw last season. And going – he's he's definitely would have been the oldest going to his age 34 yeah. season now, is he? Yeah, so it's just uh -huh. not – it just doesn't fit. Uh, but hopefully he'll bounce back and maybe he can find his way into this top five. So with that, thanks for listening to this episode of the America's Pastime Podcast. Hope you enjoyed our fourth rendition of our top five right now series. Make sure you go back and listen to our top five starting pitchers, catchers, and first baseman. Next episode, we will go to third base. So that one should also be a very interesting and contentious episode. Uh, these positions as we've got on have gotten more contentious, I'd say, uh, and they'll continue to do so. Now we'll create some pretty entertaining content going forward to get you through this lockout. So happy new year's again and take it easy.